Hi everyone. We are continuing with looking at the teachings of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount from Matthew's Gospel. Following on from Wayne and Charles and Adam's talks in the last few weeks that have been really helpful in understanding what Jesus is saying. Do check those out if you haven't had a chance to look at them yet. So Matthew is speaking to a primarily Jewish audience. He is writing to a Jewish audience and Jesus is speaking to a Jewish audience. And so the listeners would be familiar with the Old Testament teaching that Jesus is referring to. Jesus is seeking not only to validate it and reinforce it and show that he is in line with that teaching, but also take it on to the next level. Some of the Jewish leaders who would have been listening to him and scrutinising what he's saying would have represented holiness in their culture. And therefore, to have Jesus speak into this and challenge them not to rest on their own righteousness, the fact that they haven't murdered and they haven't committed adultery, but take it on a level to, to dig deeper. He seeks to scratch the veneer of um, some of the heart issues and, and get b- beneath the surface for those who've relied on what people see of them and not seen inside their hearts. Jesus is seeking to challenge them and take them on to another level. When I saw the subheading for this section, which was divorce, my heart sank. I did think, well, murder is fairly clear-cut. We all agree that's not good. But divorce is a whole other can of worms. It's a really difficult, raw subject. All of us will have some experience of divorce, whether that's at first hand or in your family unit growing up, or whether it's your extended family or friends have been affected by it. And my prayer in preparing this was that no one would be offended by this topic or by what we're saying, but that because that doesn't bring any good, but actually that people would be challenged to seek God, to seek healing, to move on in relationships and seek flourishing in all our relationships. Now, this may be a particularly raw topic for you, and so I wondered if we should just start with a prayer. So you may want to put your hand on your heart, you may just simply want to put your hands out as we seek God to to see what he's saying to us in this time. Lord, we welcome your Holy Spirit today. We bring our hurt to you, our fears, our relationship disappointments, our own failings, our pain. And we invite you in to minister to us, to bring your light into those places of pain or places of shame, to bring healing, restoration, forgiveness and hope. Give us ears to hear you ministering to us, grace to process And that you would protect us from the lies of the devil that would speak into our hearts to rob and to steal and to destroy. Amen. So our our chapter today, our reading is Matthew 5, 31 and 32. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, Anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her a victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Now, this passage is not Jesus' definitive word 
on divorce. Jesus speaks much more fully about divorce in Matthew 19. And what's going on here is there's been a lot of theological debate at the time about some teaching of a rabbi who is suggesting that any reason divorce is what Moses was talking about in his teaching in Deuteronomy 24, which is what Jesus is quoting. And actually, Jesus has come to say, no, actually, any reason divorce, which was a little bit popular at the time, you could divorce your wife if she burnt your soup, if you didn't like the way she looked anymore, if, um, you know, if you're a bit fed up with her, whatever your reason was, the men had the power to divorce their wives. Women couldn't divorce husbands, but men could divorce wives. They were treated as property and they had no rights, so they could just be kicked out. So Jesus is standing up against this easy divorce culture where women were oppressed, and he's also sticking up for women, as we see him doing throughout his ministry. Now, we don't have time to go into all the theological debate that those specific verses um, may bring into your minds right now. Some of my um, investigations in preparing for this has made me realise quite what a hot potato it is. And if you want to do some more in-depth study, I'd love you to get in touch with me. I've got a book I can recommend and podcast to point you towards. So do let me know if that's the, the questions on your mind. So in that case, where are we headed today? Well, just as in the past few weeks, we've seen Charles talking about the root of murder being hatred in our hearts and the root of uh, adultery being lust. We're going to think about the root of divorce and divorce is always rooted in marriage. So that is where we're going to start. So you might think it's an obvious question, but what is marriage? It seems to be a topic of where we've lost a little bit of our way when it comes to marriage. So I thought we'd start with thinking about what is marriage. Because it's not simply a contract, which is a legally enforceable agreement. It's actually a covenant relationship, which is binding. You make lasting promises for all time. The vows we make say, I will, not I do, not, not this is just for now, but they are ongoing and they're not momentary at all. Paul describes marriage as, um, as a picture of Jesus' relationship with the church. And then in Matthew 19, Jesus talks about the permanence of marriage. I'll just read it to you now. So this is Matthew 19, beginning with verse 4. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. And so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Marriage is a gift for two people to grow together. The, the vision behind marriage is for those two people to flourish, to be a mutual gift to one another of healing. Marriage is the foundation of family life, as it says in the marriage service. And in turn, healthy family is actually the foundation of healthy society. In Psalm 68... It says God sets the lonely in families. Now, those might not be your experience of marriage or what you see around you. So what went wrong? Well, the Bible and Jesus' portrayal of marriage is a world away from the lies and, the, and what we're fed by Hollywood, by the media, by the culture around us. <clears throat> we find ourselves in a similar place to Jesus with an easy divorce culture. 
And so we're in a culture where we love a wedding, but actually marriage is often portrayed as something different. Marriage seems to be for people who lack imagination or lack passion, people who've sold out. Often it's described, I saw it described last week, as being oppressive, being boring, being outdated. Divorce, on the other hand, can sometimes be seen as a lifeline or a new start or a chance to find ourselves. Bill and Melinda Gates famously uh, have announced their divorce this month after 27 years of marriage. And their statement said, we no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in the next phase of our lives. Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin in 2014 consciously uncoupled and then uh, divorced in 2016. But however much we try and sanitise divorce, the reality of its pain and trauma isn't actually represented. So why is it so hard? Why is it so distractive? Why is it just so painful? Well, it's not God's design. God's design for marriage was that it wasn't supposed to end. It was our brokenness that meant we needed divorce. In Matthew 19, 8, Jesus says, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. It's a human design to solve a human problem. And just like something like chemotherapy, which it really is a means to an end, it is far from a refreshing new start. It's a toxic solution, which is needed to dissolve the strong ties of that covenant relationship. But of course, the side effects it has and the ripple effect for those around at the time and and then have ongoing um, implications for a long time. Now, all divorce is a tragedy and a symptom of our individual brokenness and often stuff that we haven't sorted. But the good news is that Jesus says that he talks about our hard hearts. In Jesus, our hard hearts can become soft hearts of flesh. Further good news in Jesus' teaching, because God, of course, sent Jesus to be a rescuer for us. If we accept that Jesus came and died in our place, we can be on a road to healing and to restoration from whatever pain and whatever hurt we are carrying. Jesus longs to convict us, to put his finger on the stuff in our lives that isn't bringing flourishing and isn't bringing health. And he doesn't do that to condemn. He does that to be able to move on. Condemnation just brings guilt and fear and shame. But Jesus convicting us of the stuff that we need to deal with brings life. In Romans 8.1, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And further good news is it's never too late. Help is out there and bringing issues into the light seeking to address stuff and bring, will bring healing and restoration and can prevent a whole heap of pain further down the line. Unlike divorce, Jesus can give us a new start. In 2 Corinthians 5:17, we read, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. So as we draw to a close today, I wonder where you're at. Today is Pentecost 
and the spirit broke out in power, transforming lives, transforming hearts. And that spirit is still at work in us today. So I've just got a few different categories that may speak into where you're at. And I'd love you as we um, finish and as we worship to respond to those things. So maybe you're single. I would love you to get involved by praying and upholding the marriages around you. Also, pray that God would find it says that, that God puts the lonely in families. It may be that you want to be em- enveloped in one of those family units and just pray for that to happen because that's what married, married people and families should be doing. Maybe you're married. In which case, is your marriage flourishing? Are you flourishing? If you are, that is fantastic. So how can you now be a blessing to society around you? How can you be a gift because you are a family? How can you be a gift to society? If you're not flourishing in your marriage, then don't stay as you are. This year has put a strain on every relationship. But get help. Find others who can support you. You're not alone. It's never too late. Get help, get advice, bring this stuff into the light. God loves and longs to upcycle our marriages. He doesn't want us to abandon each other, put us out to recycling. Anyone who wants to consider might want to do the wellbeing journey or the marriage course, which are two excellent courses that speak into more flourishing in our lives and in our relationships. Maybe you're carrying the pain of divorce today. If so, get prayer support, maybe get counselling, but certainly make sure that you're on a journey to, to giving that hurt and pain and letting Jesus replace your heart of stone with a heart of flesh that will bring more life. So we're just going to finish with that prayer that we started with earlier on. Lord, we welcome your spirit today. We bring our hurt to you, our fears, our relationship disappointments, our failings, all our pain, and we invite you to minister to us, to bring your light into place of pain or shame, to bring healing, restoration, forgiveness and hope. Give us ears to hear you ministering to us grace to process what you're saying and we pray that you protect us from the lies the devil would speak into our hearts to rob and to steal and to destroy in jesus name amen